no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, uh, November 1, October, uh, 30 days have September, April, June, November, and short February is done. All the rest have 31, October 31st. Halloween. Oh, um, don't you get it? Orson Welles. You mean the guy from the old wine commercials? Halloween, 1938, uh, War of the Worlds, that fake radio news broadcast that got everybody scared thinking real live Martians were landing in Grover's Mill, New Jersey. But then it all just turned out to be a hoax. So? So, maybe uh, uh, it wasn't a hoax, or I mean, maybe it isn't a hoax. Hey folks, welcome back to another exciting podcast. Um, well, it, it depends on the, on the listener of when it comes to this particular film. I saw this film when I was, I want to say 13 or 12, I can't remember. But I remember watching it and loving the comic more. Because I know there's a comic book version of this game, like they did with most films back in the 80s, right? And I remember just... I remember thinking to myself, what? See, this came out at a time where you had these zany films. Like, uh, Last Starfighter, The Explorers, um, Ice Ice Pirates, and Space Hunter, and Metal Storm. You know what I mean? You had all these... Time Bandits. Time Bandits, perfect. See, exactly, kind of the same... The Adventures you know, of Bernard Munchausen. Yeah, very quirky. Very quirky... Yeah, quirky. That's a perfect word. Howard the yeah. Duck, I think, was out around this time. Yeah, it was, yeah. So you, you had this. So, you know, when in Rome, right? So I enjoyed a lot of these. I remember being a big Howard the Duck fan. Wow. I don't, I, and I haven't seen it as an adult, but I remember liking it as a kid. Uh, we might have to get to that one someday. I hope so, yeah. We should. Uh, so, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. In the eighth dimension. In the eighth dimension. <laughs> Yes, ah, uh, boy, where do we go with this one? Well, let's start, let's start with W.D. Richter, which I'm surprised he, his career never really took off. He's more of a screenwriter than he is a director. Uh, which, that's not an insult yet. But he's known mainly for writing Big Trouble in Little China, which is the golden, you know, that's the one. That's probably, actually, Big Trouble will be kind of this kind of genre as well. Zany. Yes, it would be along in, in that bracket as well. Yep, and, but he, his street cred for just a few scripts he's written. I mean, I'm on board. He wrote my favorite Dracula film, the 1979 one. He wrote Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, the 70s one, yeah. Yep. He did Needful Things, which I really enjoyed, Stephen King's. Oh, right, the, the Max von Sado one. Yeah, so he's, the guy's got, has some, and that's it. Hasn't worked since. Right. Um, and it's kind of sad because we talked about this with uh, John ba- with War Games, John Badham, and Peter Hyams. All these, and they're still working today. They're doing a lot of TV and all. But I just think they all these guys got lost in the shuffle because of the Spielbergs and the Lucases. You know, yeah. all the big guns that were coming out. Uh, it's unfortunate because this guy clearly has some talent. But let's talk about if the, if the talent is on paper or <laughs> behind the ledge as a director. No, I own paper. <laughs> yeah, because he directed this. He didn't write it. Um, so, but I'll tell you what, right now, 
Peter Weller, John Lithgow, Ellen Barkin, Jeff Goldblum, Christopher Lloyd, Ronald Lacey, which was nice to see, Clancy Brown, Lewis Smith. That's a pretty pretty stellar cast. And and even some of the supporting cast, Vincent Chiavelli, yes. Don Hedia. Uh, yes. It is an all-star cast. It's the character actors everyone knows by today's standards or supporting roles. Yeah. I mean, it's got everybody, um, whether they're starting out or not. So kudos to the casting director. Superb cast. And, uh, but Jeff Goldblum was doing this kind of stuff. I mean, he did Death Wish. He played one of the rapists. Yeah, Death Wish 3 or something, wasn't it? No, Death Wish. On the original? Yeah, right. He's original. And then he did um, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yes. And then he kind of did this. He did Into the Night. It wasn't until he did The Fly where it kind of catapulted him a bit. Mm -hmm. He did Um, Earth Girls Are Easy around the Yeah, but again, not sticking in the zany vein. Mm -hmm. John Lithgow was a get. John Lithgow was even a rookie, but he had pretty good street cred. He played a creepy villain in Blowout. John DeVolta. Yes. And then he did um, a great movie called Terms of Endearment. Complete opposite character of what we're about to get here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen Blow Up. Oh, uh, great movie. Yeah. Blow, it's Blow Out. Blow Out, sorry. Blow Up Blow was an 1860s British one. the original version. Yes. Yeah, which yeah. is about a photograph. I've Blow seen Blow Out. Yeah. It's about the sound guy. Love the yeah. book. Brian De Palma. Great film. Uh, yeah, I've seen both. Um, Nancy Allen's on it as well, isn't she? Yep. Yeah. Well, she's in all the Palma stuff. Um, this was, this had a sequel. They even were so cocky. They even told you there was a sequel coming at the end of this movie. I was going to fight the crime syndicate of the world or something. Yeah. This movie tanked. Um, there you go. But, but it's definitely, definitely a cult classic now. Now, it sounds like we're going to rip into this pretty good. We might. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I, what, did you see the director's cut? No, I no, I, I don't know. I just watched yeah. I saw the director's cut because Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Oh, no, I didn't then. I didn't. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis plays, she's in a flashback. She plays Buckaroo's mother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so Buckaroo Banjai, let me get this straight. He, he's, an, he's born to an American mother and a Japanese father. Yes. And he is a surgeon slash physicist slash musician. Yes. He's a rock star and brain surgeon. And plus, he does other cool stuff like. And he's a scientist. Like yeah, like breaks a sound barrier and also goes to other dimensions in his his car. No, he <laughs> breaks the dimension barrier. Yes, Explain and he, he broke the, f- the sound barrier as well. What the fuck? The guys are merely Sue. By no, the I, ha- standards, I have to say, when he- they're doing when they're doing that speed test, yes, or the dimension barrier test, it was pretty well shot. Yeah, I like that's I- probably the best scene in it. Actually, it's the best scene. Yeah, and that's the opening scene. So that's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, you know what's funny? As we're going to talk about this film, I'm telling you right now, I'll be shocked if you don't like it because this has Doctor Who crap written all over it. And I'm going to tell you the difference between um, Doctor Who and this. And I, this I know what is you're better? saying. I know what you're. No, 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 no. I know what you're getting at. Um, but um, I will explain the difference. There is no. A difference. We don't need to. I apologize for bringing that up. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I will. Let's move on. So what? What's the Okay, so let me get this straight. John Warfin, okay, that's John Lithgow back in the 50s, we'll say. It was the 30s. It's supposed to be 1938. Oh, my. Oh, that's right. The War of the World story. Oh, my God. Yes. So you got John, okay, you got John Warfin, who's normal dude. Mm-hmm. 
and he's with Hikati. Yes. Um, who's now Hikati is friends with Buckaroo. Yes. But it, but back in 1938, they were creating this dimension thingy. Yes, and then right? and the, yes, and then Warfin gets hurled halfway through the wall, and the little alien monster things tap on his head. And he becomes Doctor Lazardo. Is that correct? Well, no. Well, he, yes, but he also goes insane. Yeah, but that. But now he's Doctor Lazardo. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so I don't have to call him Morphin the rest of the time. We'll just call him Doctor Lazardo. Just call him John Lithgow. <laughs> yeah, okay, there we go. Um. Wow. Okay. And when he when we saw that flashback, we see Lazardo now. He's in a mental. He's he's in a mental hospital. Yes. And. Why does he have to suck on electricity to have a flashback? Uh, it's never explained. Um, there is so much of this plot that is a bit of a sort of convoluted, unexplained mess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I think that makes it... You know, we, we use the word charm a lot. And I think this has a lot of charm. It has some charm. but There's a lot of shit. Yeah. But charm can get away with that. Well... Or I'm just going to get to it now. Um, that that was the main difference I was going to say about sort of um like 1970s, 80s Doctor Who and you know ropey special effects and silly general silliness. Let's just call it that this film has in bucket loads. The reason Doctor Who um got away with it and this film got got away with it and still does get away with it um in so many now adult minds is because at the time it had a certain it oozed a certain charm. That was immediately appealable to children watching it at the time. That's why this has become a cult classic with adults who watched this as a kid, uh, and um, you know, watched this as, as kids, and then it's always you know remained sort of nostalgic in their minds, and you know, with that certain charm. I mean, I, I watched some you know Doctor Who from the nineteen sixties, seventies, and eighties, and yes, some of the writing is still brilliant by today's standard. But yes, a lot of the realization of dodgy special effects and sets and acting and stuff, um, it's ropey to say the least. But it's still, but that gives it a certain charm. This is something very similar. However, I, I would argue Doctor Who has much more charm and longevity, and it's better written. No, probably not. But anyways, <laughs> so let's talk about Buckaroo Banzai and the Hong Kong Cavaliers. I have a problem with Buckaroo Banzai, the character for a start. He's too well, perfect. There's, there's no conflict for the character. Well, that's the, that's the point, though, isn't it? I mean, it is comic booky. That's the point. He's just, you know, so let's talk about the band. Yes. He's playing guitar. He's singing. He's the he whips off the mini trumpet. Yeah, the that fuck. was ridiculous. <laughs> and then he then he stops the band and he sees Penny crying. Who's Ellen Arkin? Yes. And Penny looks like Peggy, his dead wife. Was that correct? It's her twin sister, apparently identical twin sister. Oh, it is. They're related. Yeah. Well, it's there is a line later on where he says that, but then but it's not confirmed whether he's just saying it metaphorically or not. I don't know. Okay. So much isn't isn't properly. T- oh know, yeah. Explained, yeah. You know what? This I'll 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 tell you at the end. You're gonna hate me for saying it, but I'll tell you my review at the end there. So, so he stops the he stops the 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 band's loud as hell, but he hears somebody crying. (laughs) So he he has the band stop, and he goes, "Whoa, everyone, don't be mean, don't be mean." Yeah. And he says, "Just remember, where you go, there you are." (laughs) And she's like, "What the fuck?" So. I have to he, let me let me finish. He sings to her. Yes, he's not that bad. bad. Oh, 
I'm going to have to say, and it pains me to say this, but I'm going to have to be completely honest here. Maybe it's down to the direction or whatever, but Peter Weller is terrible in this. No, I think he's supposed to be blame. I really think Jeff Goldblum and Peter Weller, they're there to have fun, and it, it shows, mm. I think. Well, they're having more fun than the audience watching it. Well, not all of them, but me. <laughs> you know, okay, so I'll bring it up now. You know what this film is? Mm-hmm. You know how I bring your shit, like Lighthouse, for instance, right? Yeah. And I say it's a Jackson Pollock painting. They just throw it. They want. They think it is. They don't. Know, sorry. They think it's Jack, and they throw shit in the wall. Which I and they call with, it art. Anyway, yes, yes. That's what this is, but it's entertaining. Mm. This there, is what the lighthouse should be. <laughs> there is a lot of random madness going on here. And exactly. Fuck. Let me ask you then. The film should be able to get away with it then. So technically, you people who enjoy elevated horror, no, glasses of wine, enjoy horror like all round. I'm just saying, and I would use that term. <laughs> this would get a pass because you, it could be, it could be, it could be, you know, right. It's all about delivery. It's all about delivery, and uh, sadly, this is not delivered well. Oh, like Lighthouse is? Fucking right, it is. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it fucking is. Lumberjacks, mermaids. <laughs> this well, is this is this is this is pure cheese at its best. I want to I like take... this. I want to like Buckaroo Bands. I, I I I think I saw part of this or some of this years ago on TV, but I never really got into it. And you know what sticks out in my mind the most about it? What always stuck out in my mind? The end, a credit section where they're all walking, trying to be cool. I um, love that. Um, I know, but they're it's not so cool. Um, and, yeah. and half the characters are dead. Yes, I know. After Clancy Brown snuffed it and stuff, but yet he comes back. But yes, I, that, that's the part that stuck out in my head the most. So I was, in a way, coming to this fresh, certainly as an adult, I believe, or what I can remember. Maybe I watched it drunk or something, I don't know. But it, it was also always vaguely in my mind, and I never, I got all, and the part that stuck out was always that end credits section, which is stupid. But anyway, so I kept this sort of fresh, and I wanted to like it because I love cult stuff, I love <laughs> obscure stuff, and wacky stuff, and off the wall stuff. And I wanted to like this more than I actually did, and I'm sorry. All right. Well, you gave your final review there. No, no, no. So, we'll get to well, the there, reasons that's why. Over. Thanks, guys, for joining us here. Um, we will now get to the reasons why. <laughs> no, no. But um, so they need their thermal pack booster. <laughs> we'll call it the NAS. <laughs> yeah. The alien. Okay. So there are. This is where I got they live out of this. <laughs> so when Buckaroo is doing a press conference. And he goes takes a phone call from the president. Yes. But it's not the president. It's the aliens, the good aliens. The Jamaican and they aliens. Give him, they give him an electric shock so he can now see who are the aliens. Instead of glasses and they live, he can just see him because he's been yes. shocked. Yes, that's correct. But it's inconsistent because sometimes the audience sees it whenever Peter Weller's not there. It's like chops and changes. Sometimes Jamaican aliens, as I call them, because they're basically um, aliens with Jamaican accents, and you know, uh, <laughs> they're all named John. Yeah, that's right. And it's something, to, and something to do with Orson Welles getting like sort of hypnotized or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so here's the plot, and here, correct me if I'm wrong. 1938. <laughs> so much better than Lighthouse, guys. I'm telling you right now. So 1938, Orson Welles. <laughs> Is actually reporting an actual attack in the world yes. in New Jersey, where Miller's Grove, where, where War of the Worlds took place. Yeah, 
And Orson Welles is actually reading. Uh, this is actually happening, folks. <laughs> but And it was actually happening. But the aliens found out that he was doing a radio broadcast all about it. And they didn't want them to know that the aliens existed. So they brainwashed Orson Welles. And he, they all think it was a hoax. Hence, War of the Worlds. Is that correct? Yes, and all the aliens are called John. <laughs> and all the aliens are called John. This is a fucking classic. <laughs> now, this is the bad aliens, or, or was it the good aliens? I mean, that was the bad aliens, right? That was the bad aliens because the right. bad aliens have been trying to get back since day one. Yes, because and, w- why do they want to come to Earth? Is is it because their dimension, the eighth dimension, the eighth dimension, is a bit crap or what? I, they I, crashed, I think. Right. Also, w- what about w- what are the other seven dimensions? It's like Plan Nine from Outer Space, where the other eight plans aren't mentioned. Well, it's same thing with having sex with the mermaid. Uh, but you can't explain that. Also, um, explain to me how that um, what he called Pukaru Banzai himself has like power of attorney, power over courts, because he can just walk into a female prison with with the Hong Kong Cavaliers and decide if if a prisoner is released or not. Yes, that's because he's Pukaru Banzai. <laughs> See, you're just asking questions. People don't need the answers to. He's just cool. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 don't see any of the potential this film has. As you're pissing on it, I'm enjoying it. All right, so we have a chase scene which was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Chase scene so bad. The fight scenes are terribly choreographed. Oh, they're as well. they're bad. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> the editing's horrible. <laughs> um. So the hunter, the the good aliens sent down a portal with. With reggae, with reggae alien John, reggae aliens, yeah, Caribbean, to help Jamaican to help aliens, yeah, to help Buckaroo, yes, and the hunters actually shoot down their spacecraft, which would, but but see the good aliens, they're also kind of a bit badass as well because they're the ones that say to Buckaroo, basically, if you don't do what we say, we'll just start a war with Russia, and then Russia will think it's you, and then there'll be like it'll be the end of the world scenario. No, 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 no. See. That was which is a lot smarter than you're giving it credit for. That's not what they say. The bad aliens are going to do that. No, the no, bad re- alien, reggae no, the woman alien says that when she appears on hologram. No, she says we would have to annihilate you if you don't get these guys. If you don't get these, stop these guys. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do your yeah. He just he says she's at least she's being warning. I mean, hey, listen. You gotta do your job, or we're gonna have to, you know. All right, but they're, so they're not completely good. The good aliens, they're, they're sort not. Of... They're, they have to because they can't let them off the planet. If they can't, <laughs> if they don't get off the planet, the whole point is their existence can't be there. So they would have to annihilate the planet, causing nuclear war. Is what they're gonna do, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, man, did you get nothing from John, John Big Booty? <laughs> John O'Connor. Oh my! And all the rest, John Big Booty, which is I think Christopher Lloyd. Character, and then you had uh, John Warfin, who was obviously John Lithgow's character, right? Yes. Um, those two fighting at each other was so funny. They were always <laughs> bickering at each other. Those two were funny. In a okay. way. In a oh, way. Oh, they were funny. You're just fuck off. So, they, I love when one of the aliens comes out of the ship, the portal, and falls and breaks his neck. Well, that yeah. helped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he fell and banged his head. Yeah. Well, he's dead. Uh-huh. Oh my God! John Parker is the good alien that came down to help. Yes, Carl by that's played by Carl Lumbly, who's actually had a very good career. Mm-hmm. 
So they need to find Professor Hikita because they have the uh, the the NAS. Yes. Right. Which I don't get because John Lithgow and Big Boot John Booty can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> we'll say Christopher Lloyd, John Lithgow. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd, here. John Lithgow are going to take off at the end, right, into Dimension World, whatever. But they need the NAS to do it. But they never got the NAS. Buckaroo has the NAS. How are they taking off without the NAS? He said he has his own. Then why are they hunting down Buckaroo? Haven't a clue. And also, what, if the Yitz Dimension is so bad and that's why they sort of escape from it or something, why do they want to go back? They have to go back because... I have. <laughs> because what? <laughs> so, I love how he has the little kid in the helicopter and the dad, the dad, the kid. <laughs> I love that kid. His own helicopter service. And he That's has brilliant. his own gun. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. That's filmmaking. That's the, art. <laughs> this is this is not, you know what this reminded me of in parts? Um, the A-Team with aliens. Yeah. Was there nothing wrong with that? I love the A-Team, and again, I have a lot of sort of nostalgia, and there's a lot of charm about the A-Team, so I, don't get me wrong, I get the nostalgia for this and the charm for it, but I just missed the Buckaroo Bonds I bought as a kid myself. How do you not like this, but yet you fucking like Critters? Because I didn't experience it as a kid myself, that's what I'm saying, um, so I don't have that certain nostalgia for it. Like I would have with the likes of Critters, the A-Team, Gremlins. You Gremlins like a lot of, but you like a lot of shit. You like a lot of, and I don't mean shit like It's about the realization of it. You know, it takes no, a certain I, skill but, to make good shit. But, <laughs> but if anyone who likes Castle, like Castle Horror, or likes even Doctor Who, or or likes uh, Last Starfighter. and I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's almost like they're trying too hard to make a cult classic. Cult classics sometimes happen completely unintentionally. No, no, they people don't sell to make a cult classic. I know that, that there. That, yeah, that's what they, I mean. It happens, but, but but I think here they were trying to. I don't think so. And I think they were trying too hard. Because you got to realize back then, what was a cult classic? Nobody knows what that was. Mm. Cult classics is is a, is a new thing. Well, it's not it, really. It, it's not really. It, There's always been no. cult classics. I mean, Roger um, Roger Ebert, even in his review of this at the time, said it is destined to become a, a cult classic. That's true. Yeah, but I think cult classics really started in the late seventies. But be fair. Well, this is 84 I, or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, we it's talked a, about the thing a, and we again, talked about... That's I, I, a good question that you say. Or, um, uh, you know, and, and I, I don't dislike this film. I just don't, uh, you know, appreciate it as much as don't I would like other heat stuff. You know, and it's, it is a good question, but I, I think the answer, I would say, and that I, I don't really know, but if I had to offer up any answer, it's almost like they're trying too hard to be a cult classic. I think they're... They're trying too hard to be clever. Like, they're trying to be ironic. Yeah. But it's not working. Yeah. 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 They're trying too hard to be ironic. And- it's kind of like what happened with, which is weird, because he, this guy wrote uh, Big Trouble in China. And Big Trouble in China is a, self-aware, is a self-aware farce. Yes. I mean, they're even telling you it is. And this is what this is trying to be. So why couldn't this guy do that if he could do a big... Well, you have Carpenter. That because, he's a, because he's a better writer than he is a, a director. That's yeah, the bottom line, be it. I think. That could be it. That could be it. But anyways, John Parker, the alien, this is the best part. He's got to get to the headquarters. That's the Bonsai Institute for Biomedical Engineering and Strategic Information. <laughs> I, love, I love the way that the aliens can jump over the walls. 
That's what I don't get. He's got a Boing. gift. He's got a gift, right? To give to Bonsai. And he, he looks up, and the wall's like three feet. He looks up, <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, I can't let you in with the gift, but I'll take the gift, but I can't let you in. <laughs> and then he sees the other aliens jumping over the wall, so he does it. So why didn't he jump over the wall in the first place? I know that there. Yeah. And it's the way that the, the effect's so sort of corny. It's oh, it's weird. awesome. I was waiting it's, on the sound It reminded me of Bionic Man. It was awesome. <laughs> I think this is pretty much an homage to just everything cheese in the 70s. Uh, well, to 50B movies. And Ed Wood. To, yeah. Yeah, yeah but mean, they don't quite pull it off. And again, it's, I don't know. I think the problem ultimately is with the direction. And I think the problem is they're not winking at the audience. Not enough anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's too self-indulgent almost. Oh, but as I talk about it, I kind of like it. Yeah, again, it's a, I think it's a case of... War. Yes, I'm laughing away here. You know, I certainly don't dislike this film. I think the, the issue is it was a good... And it is, you know, it's a good script, but it hasn't been directed very well. Um, uh, the acting is... I don't think there's good direction given to the actors. Well, you're going back to the review part here. Let's, let's just kind of... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so when they're talking to Rosalind Cash, that's yes. John Emdell, uh-huh. right? What is with the bubble wrap goggles? <laughs> I haven't a clue. <laughs> the best. Yeah, I want a pair of those. Yeah, like X-ray vision. I think. I think that, like I say, a lot of this could be homage to like fifty sort of comic books and sort of you know B movies and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's there seems to be a lot of that in there, but. Mm, yeah, doesn't so, work for me. Clancy Brown gets it, rawhide, mm-hmm. <laughs> with, yeah. with the spider, right? Mm-hmm. It, he he start. I can't feel my legs, and I guess it, it you slowly die from it. And it's too bad Buckaroo Banzai didn't kiss him because I guess that saves lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but not only that, it's they don't really seem to give a fuck once he dies. I mean. It's basically uh, whatever, and then move on to do the next part of their mission. See, I think they should have had more people die, yeah. some other team, because um, they had. I mean, I we all know Clancy. I I can't remember if this was probably around the time when Highlander came out, so he yeah, was, was probably yeah. s- still not a get yet. So, I guess, but there was actors in there that I couldn't even tell you who they were, and they could have just killed them off. At least give us more, you know. Yeah. You know, give us more death, more threat from the aliens. You know, Christopher Lloyd and Vincent Chiavelli. I don't think we're getting threat from these three idiots. <laughs> I mean, uh, but it was nice to see Ronald Lacey playing the president. Yes. Um, we all know him as Tot from Raiders of Lost Ark, or as a tote, tote yes. Tot. Yeah, oh, oh I, I mean, I love that character in Raiders of Lost Ark. Um, you know where he goes, Heil Hitler, and he shows his hand with a coin burnt down it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that scene. But he, I mean, you know this guy's going for laughs when you put the president in a in a... <laughs> in a harness for his in back. In a harness <laughs> for his back. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah, so we got the Orson Welles story. So the, the problem I had with it, and all joking aside, I like the goofiness. I like the zaniness. I love the cheesy dialogue. It works for me. What I don't like is incompetency. And the whole ending sequence when they're running to point A to point B and they're fighting, there's chops where they're running down a hall Cut to throughout the spaceship. That's a mess. It's a mess. And that's where I have a problem. If you're going to direct something, be a little more competent behind the lens here. It takes um, it takes a lot of skill to make something that is, you know, kitschy, ironically sort of cheesy. 
you know, type film, you know, like, you know, that's sort of ironically bad, you know, but it's, it's tongue-in-cheek. It takes a lot of skill to make something like that. Um, they haven't pulled it off here, and that's why there was no sequel. And that's yeah. why it bombed. Yeah, I know. And not to mention, when, they, when Buckaroo shoots down the ship, the mothership of the bad guys. Yes. Um... Uh, it was very anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was more laughing at the banter between the two aliens fighting at each other. He ends up shooting John uh, Christopher Lloyd. Well, it's clearly they were having a laugh. You know, They were having a laugh, yeah. exactly. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to realize these guys don't see what the director's doing. Exactly. Or what's and edited. So yeah. They're seeing it, having a good laugh. Let's have a good time. Make a farce. You know, blah, blah. Satire, or whatever you whatever you want to call it, but when you see editing this choppy, they must have been disappointed themselves. Oh yeah, yeah. Because if they're already signed on to do a sequel and have a good laugh, um, and then the day the director let these guys down when it comes to like the scene where, oh dear God, he parachutes out of the ship. Yeah, <laughs> and he know. salutes. I that. He salutes John Parsons. Yeah. And he, Parker John Parker he salutes him as he's parachuting down he's like oh my god but that's the stuff that kind of because you know that's cheese you know they're not going yeah again it takes skill to pull those sorts of things off that ironic cheese that's done tongue in cheek you know it takes a, um, and again it's, it, it's not pulled off here and I'm sorry and I'm sorry it wasn't because I like more hokey silliness you like crap I know you do <laughs> I wouldn't call it crap you know what I mean I would well, call it fun. Enjoyable so, nonsense. So, they sh- Penny dies. And comes back and, to life. <laughs> and then he kisses her and he realizes the electric power from his lips. Buckaroo Bonsai is also a necrophile. He kisses her when she's dead. Yep. And <laughs> boom. And then they said, coming soon, Buckaroo Bonsai against the World Crime League. Yeah. Well, they really thought ahead, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. And then they all down there about cool as you like in some aqueduct thing in Los Angeles, clearly. Uh, yeah, din, 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 din. Is it for ages too? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not like, like like fucking Teletubbies music. <laughs> and it's like they're, they're trying to be really stylistic and stuff where like there's like three of them walking at first and then a couple more join and then it's just... <laughs> you know what though? I, I, all joking aside... This film is smarter than we give it credit for. And the reason I say that... It could have or been. It's, or at least it, it, it's ahead of its time. And the reason I say that, there's a film right now, a trilogy coming out now of these films, Guardians of the Galaxy. And um, these, a lot of these Marvel films go for this kind of banter and silliness and quirkiness. I, but people Especially, like James Gunn actually have the talent and the skill to pull it off. That's what I was about to say. This could use a good remake. Yeah. James, and James Gunn would be the perfect man for it. Yes. James Gunn would be perfect to do this. Yes. Um, and I think maybe it can. Maybe the call stops would give it. Listen, it, this isn't, this is bad in, in a lot of ways, but it's got a lot of, and I'm going to say the word again, charm. Um, and you're right. You're spot on by saying, I grew up with it. So there is a little bit of me that says, oh, come on, guys, give it a little pass. Yeah. Um, and I and do I the same with 80s Doctor Who and, and other things that I, like the NDA team and stuff. But, you know, you sort of know you're sort of you're laughing we're not laughing at it we're laughing with it if you know what I mean I at the end of the day it's got a, just a great cast and it's it's got it's got some very funny lines and 
more what the f moments than any other film I've ever seen. The grapefruit. Uh, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I I get the call. I put it as a cult film. I and if it does come in four K, I'd pick it up. It's definitely a cult yeah. film. So I say grapefruit yeah. tournament, that watermelon scene where there's a random watermelon thrown in, and Jeff Goldblum goes, um, "We'll come back to that later." And they don't. Good. <laughs> <laughs> they ran out of budget. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The only thing I can't forgive it for is that is, and I think that's why I like to see it re- remade by a competent director. Nothing against W. Richter. He did a movie called Late for Dinner, which wasn't bad in the early nineties. It was um, kind of neat little I film. I haven't seen it, but he, and he, it has you know you can tell he's, he's he's matured a bit as a director from that one. But at the end of the day, he did let the team down in this one because I'm more I was going with it, having a good laugh. But when you start cutting scenes so like wait a minute what happened there mm-hmm. wait a minute what's who has the who has the NOS now who, what it's a mess he, did he give it to her who has it so it had yeah and, and so that that goes to the director yeah. nobody else um, so and they gave him a lot of leeway I mean there's comic books there's merchandise they really marketed this so they gave him you know they gave him the opportunity and I think he let the team down he blew it but I still kind of enjoy it. I, I mean, I have certainly nothing against it, uh, and I can see what they were trying to do, and there is a, a certain charm to it. Maybe I wouldn't see as much charm as you would, and fans of the film would. Um, I, I'm, I just, I, I was disappointed. Not really from. It was more. I was disappointed that that I didn't. It, it wasn't cornier and sillier and more enjoyable than I hoped it would be, and a bit more tongue in cheek. Instead, what woke up was a bit amateur. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can't argue with you, but I, you know, is what it is. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. In the 8th dimension. <laughs> I keep forgetting that part. Oh, oh by the way, uh, see at the very end when they're doing that sort of walking like cool bastards um, yeah. scene in the end credits, see whenever you see the graffiti with um, Buckaroo Banzai's name on the wall, yeah. there's a spell mistake. I, I, and I, to, to be fair, it could be um, a stylistic spelling mistake, but instead of the I, it's an exclamation mark. Just thought I'd point that out. <laughs> Are you sure it's not just the graffiti? Yes. No, like you know, graffiti can look a little bubbly, and it can look a little different than the actual. No, that's what I mean. It could be a stylistic thing. Uh, yeah. No, if that was true, that would be deliberate, I guess. Yeah, you well, well, you never know if this director... Well, this is the thing, you know what I mean? It's almost like <laughs> they, they ran out of budget... Because the studio who made this apparently went bust because of it. It's almost like they ran out of budget. And then like later on, they're looking at that in the edits and saying, oh, we really want that graffiti, but we can't um, afford to go and pay a graffiti artist to respray Panzai because he was illiterate and spelled it wrong. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, I know. There's a little side of me that would love to see a sequel get all these people back together because they're all still alive. Absolutely. Just, you know, yeah, that would be fun. That'd be fun. Especially Peter Weller now. Mm-hmm. He's such a serious actor now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is way, way different than uh, Naked Lunch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Though I'd rather have this Peter Weller than Naked Lunch Peter Weller. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, guys, uh, give us a shout if you want us to... Uh, uh, any any thoughts you have on this review on this particular film or if you want us to review something give us a shout at citizenframe underscore podcast at Instagram and of course on Facebook uh, we always like to hear uh, your thoughts and give us a shout and see what's up the new SUFM told you Gloria blah 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 
Phantasmagoria is out towards the end will of it, the month. Will, will it be out by the end of the month? When's it coming out? It's coming out. It'll probably be the, uh, the being honest, being realistic, it'll be around the um, the last week of this month, February. Um, the bigger these productions are of this magazine, the longer they take, unfortunately. But, you know, oh. it's better than having some rushed poor quality sort of job out the way I see it. Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. See what he just did there, folks? He slammed us. We're not <laughs> just going to rush and put something out like we do. That's what he just said. Different context then, altogether. Like, oh, when I have an elaborate production, <laughs> no. I take my time. Not at all. Completely oh, wow. different context. What a jab on Citizen Frame. Not at all. Well, I, I am wow. part of Citizen Frame, so why would I have but, a jab at myself? But the... Um, <laughs> But the <laughs> there's a new website out for Phantasmagoria. There is indeed. Uh, what where is that? Is that just phantasmagoria.com? www.phantasmagoriamag.uk. There you go. Check us out. A, I'm not even gonna try to spell that. <laughs> um, there, 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 we have an online store on it, and we also have a very special deal on our Fantasy Tales special. Where if you order a copy, you will get a free copy of one of the original Fantasy Tales issues signed by one of its editors, Stephen Jones. There's also some reviews and fiction on the website too. Oh, there you go. There you go, see? Yep. There you go. The more you know. <laughs> because they're an elaborate production. Unlike us. <laughs> and, and I would like to add that um, as cool as the website is, none of it is my work. It was all designed by Adrian Baldwin. Because if I did it, it would look like it was designed by a drunk two-year-old. Well, that's what ours is going to look like because <laughs> i got to get a website up here. So, yes, we, we are getting a website developed. Cool. Um, because we're not an elaborate production. Oh, bullshit. Like I'm part of Citizen Frame. You know that. They're a completely oh, different context wow. altogether. So. <laughs> and you're just getting me back for me giving you a bit of stick on that last podcast whenever you had a dig at Phantasmagoria. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That was oh, right. That's right. This is what you're flipping, having a pop at me for. Uh, all right, guys. We're <laughs> going to wrap this one up. Um, we'll chat soon. Bye. <laughs>